you were a kid, did you did you maybe dream about being in the army or dream about being a, a policeman or a fireman or anything like that, spaceman or anything? Yeah, yeah. I always looked up to my uncle. He's a three seventy five uh, Ranger regiment guy. Uh, okay. Yeah. Met some of his friends and moved on up up the, up that community in different ways uh, as they'd come in, you know, for like passing through Mississippi. So got to meet some really interesting and high speed folks. Um, so yeah, I sort of looked up to him, and I think. I think we're about, we're about the same whenever he finally retired. I got some, got some pad and tape to put on, and then I'll have him. Marshall in the middle. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Lindsley, sir. <laughs> Airborne Jumpmaster, what's going on? Ranger. Oh, my God. Look at all them. Look at all them eagles you got on your on your uh, on your shoulders. Look at that, dude. I'm so proud to see you. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Getting ready for outload. Oh my! On the train. So we know. Uh, are we going to some top secret location, or <laughs> what, I mean, where are we going? As we're doing a validation uh, for a new concept. So we've got two brigades. One that's uh, headed to a CTC rotation, and uh, my brigade is the outload support brigade. So picked that up over the last couple of weeks. It, it's so. It's amazing to, to, to see, like, after not being in the Army for a while, right, and being in private industry and stuff, look, we were good at what we did. And it's practicing like you guys are doing now. I mean, you got a whole brigade that's just moving around just to test something. That's right. cool. That's yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. 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 So <laughs> you got time to talk or we just we just going to visit for a few minutes? What's going on in your life, man? What's happening? What's happening? So currently, uh, we'll do personal first, and then we'll do professional if that works. I don't know. Yeah. Four. yeah. Three boys, uh, 16, 10. He'll be 11 in December, and then six. They're about five years apart. Married back at Fort Campbell for this, as a repeat offender. Uh, so we've been married for over 10 years now. And, um, and then we just got back. Uh, Campbell in August, and I took command of 526 BSB in September. So I'm in the second brigade combat team here at 101st. That is like amazing, right? I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, who, who would have thought after all those years that I'd have made it this far and survived? <laughs> well, well, so it, it's interesting from my perspective. You were you were a superstar. I thought <laughs> I thought you were a superstar, right? We we had uh, you build relationships that's what you do you're good at it you built a relationship with me we went hunting we we hung out you 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 uh found ways to get mentored really right. in a way uh that's one of the things that i noticed about you i mean dude you were a star you are a star oh <laughs> yeah so keep going tell me more uh so i'm not a star i'm just an average guy just have to listen listen to the experts and folks around me you know. I, that's it. That's but that's what makes you a star. As you're like, open to that, so good job, right. good job. Anyway, you, keep going. All right. So, been in command for about a year. Um, September 24th will be a year. That's went pretty well. Uh, rapidly changed some things around in the battalion, and then got notified we were going to deploy to Cleveland, Ohio, to support the uh, 
the war on COVID efforts there. So we did that for about 88 days, uh, took a small task force up to Cleveland, um, stayed there, uh, and did what we were told to do. Um, got it done. Cleveland was happy we were there. So promoted the Screaming Eagle brand for, for those that time there. And then I uh, came back and now we're rapidly getting everything back in order because we had to basically shut down our training cycle for seven months to do the, all of that plus opportunity slash summer leave and then changes of command, you know, so, so there's that aspect of it. Still trying oh, yeah. a bit of the hunting and fishing on the side. Uh, whenever I have time, uh, it works out. I get out. We, we did some pretty good. We did some uh, pretty good trout catching uh, two weeks ago, rainbow trout hit the limit of that within about an hour and a half and, First time I'd ever trout fished ever, but it worked out. So, <laughs> so, so were you fly fishing or what? We were using little spinner baits. Uh, they they look like minnows with a really small spoon in the front, and then they've got a treble hook on the back. Tall metal rig set up. Just found a couple of turn holes with some swift water bite. Me and my oldest were out there as fast as we could get it to drag through the holes. We were hooking them. There's a lot of trout oh, wow. in just two holes. So, uh, yeah. so still do a lot of hunting, but uh, primarily it is not dove hunting. It's a lot of deer hunting, um, especially being here at Campbell. Uh, there's wall hangers out that I've tried to catch up with this year. But, well, how about you? Awesome. That's awesome. So me, yeah. Oh, oh, Lord. So I, you know, I did the Army thing. I retired as a first sergeant out of Fort Hood, Texas. Uh, I had like 22 years in and uh, then... I spent about 10 years basically selling body armor uh, to right. law enforcement all over the Southeast. And um, I just honestly, um, I, I, I got kind of tired of that. Uh, and uh, we kind of moved back home and we started a little washer dry repair business. It's kind of like, uh, you know, teach yourself how to do it. And I did it. And uh, we got a successful little washer dry repair business. And And this is kind of morphing into a little something. It's really enjoyable to talk with guys like you and and to catch up and I uh, uh doing this also kind of and uh and fish in a little bit and uh you know that kind of thing man yeah that's good that's good I saw some of your drone videos on on Facebook but it looks like you're getting the hang of that pretty good too yeah you know I try to teach myself things I try but, to learn new skills you know I play guitar and and I got all kinds of instruments around and I do a little fishing and they used to hunt I just don't hunt so much anymore I'd love to go dove hunting again that'd be a blast you know well how far are you, are you from a uh, little little town of Sumrall Mississippi oh yeah not that far Labor Day weekend Labor if you want to make the drive Labor Day weekend yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to be able to get out of Campbell and drive down there and shoot them with my dad and brother. And there's oh. the field. The field will not be full of shooters. I can't guarantee status of birds, but we're going to try. <laughs> so it, okay. it, it won't be as good as it was on the Rio Grande that one time. <laughs> that that one, that, I don't know. That was the most birds I'd ever seen in my life. So, hey Amen. That, that, it's that, just amazing. 2005 time frame i think it's when we shot birds on the rio Grande. yeah 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 so oh, yeah. Were, were you branch detail air defense i was so i'll go through time professional timeline if you want give you that as probably as quick and in short order um 
commissioned uh, air defense as a branch detail guy, sure had did all the training up, which is where we met. I think you're an instructor at the schoolhouse in El Paso, 2000, October 2003. So finished that up, went to airborne school. Was going to go to ranger school, but got hurt in airborne school. I was able to fall out of the plane and land five times, but was not able to sign into ranger school then. Um, ended up getting signed to 4ID as a platoon leader, um, Avenger platoon leader. Uh, then we PCS that whole battalion, one force war to El Paso within that first year. Um, did the rover, is it still roving sands? I think it's roving sands exercise. So got that done. And then my branch detail time was up. Transition course, 30 days for the trans officer uh, piece out at Eustis, Virginia. Um, and then did the Fox company, which announced probably Fox FSC assigned to that battalion. Um, but stood that up as the company XO and left around December of 2007, six-ish, December 2006. Mid-assignment and deployment to Iraq, uh, seven to eight. Came back to the career course, uh, did that there in Virginia at Fort Lee. Um, from there, went straight to Ranger School, company command at Benning. And uh, from, from company command on was all like non-standard Army stuff. Um, was supposed to go to 375 and do my second command, but my brigade commander didn't have a replacement for me, so I ended up uh, – coming out on time of company command and not getting to stay at Benning any longer. Uh, went on to 10th Special Forces Group in June of 10. Um, stayed there for four years and did about every logistician job I could do except GSB commander. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so worked uh, GSB-3, uh, one of the line battalions, S-4, and then went back to the SPO to be the SPO. And then before it was all over, and the field grades hadn't arrived yet. I was brand new, brand, brand new and promoted to major and did the, for the last nine months I was there, I was the SPO and the group four at the same time. So it made logistics easy, believe it or not, because you're the planner and the guy that actually puts everything into execution. So left from there in 2014 and went to Air Command and Staff College at Maxwell Air Force Base. Um, and then direct assignment to the rocket signs as the, uh, 626 Battalion XO, which was hard. It was, it was a hard road to hoe with a big learning curve. I managed to straighten it out pretty quick because it was back to a conventional army mindset and things that I hadn't done in a long time and uh, pulled that off, uh, I think, rather successfully. Did three CTC rotations in 12 calendar months and, and uh, assigned the 3rd Brigade, and then we deployed uh, to Afghanistan and um, – 2017 yeah so 2017 16 to 17 and then got picked up as an oc for germany um three other deployments well back it up i forgot three deployments i've got three deployments um with group uh one to afghanistan and two to east africa um doing some stuff with those guys that was very interesting and fun and fulfilling career-wise um but so four there, five, I think. And then after, after uh, coming out of Afghanistan with the rocket signs, um, I was picked up to be an OC in Germany at the Joint Multinational Radius Training Center. Did uh, two different OC jobs there, brigade OC for sustainment um, with the brigade team, and then went down to be the BSB uh, 
deputy senior trainer, I think is the executive term they were using. It's really like saying XOOC. So did that. Then I got picked up. Uh, my wife said she couldn't do a third winter in Germany after the first winter. So I was able to put in for board. I got picked up as a professor of military science and went to Ole Miss for 11 months, three weeks. And uh, found out that my change of command date was a month later. So after, yeah, it was interesting. So rapidly, uh, PCS family in full ditty during COVID and uh, got got them here and set before I went to my last PCC in that August. But it's been a lot. Like, it's been interesting. Yeah, it's been five PCSs in six years, maybe seven, um, the last seven years. So, But they're still loving it, so it's not taxing the family too hard. Three boys. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, they're doing great. They love it here. Like, love Fort Campbell. Like, it's nice. And it's like coming back to, back home, I guess. Every time we move and live on post, they run into somebody or some kids that they've, even from Germany, you know, it's great. So, so good time. Like, if, if you could uh... – if you could look five years into the future, what, what does the future look like for you? You know, what, tell me what's your next steps, you know, what's going on in, in your world that, that you're looking forward to, or maybe afraid of, or I don't know what, what's happening. So right now, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a couple months off the normal PCS cycle. Um, so, and the conversations are being had right now, evidently, um, I have an interview at some point this week to go to 80 deuce potentially if I pass the interview as the G4. Don't know how that looks uh, yet. Um, got some mentors I've got to have sit down with on Tuesday to figure out if that's, if that's going to do what they think I need to do to get where they think I'm capable of getting <laughs> and we'll figure it out. But G4, a joint job. Um, but either way, my, my family will be on post for another year. So my son can graduate. So, He'll graduate from here, regardless of whether I end up at Bragg or other for for a different. Isn't it, isn't it wild how your family just gets used to sacrificing and you guys being finding a way to do it over a long distance? It's just like it's just it's just the way it's supposed to be somehow, you know. Oh uh, well, it is that, and it's uh, like we, you know, we capitalize on the moments that we have. Um, they understand then. Sometimes, like my wife tells me, it's like it's about time for another deployment. I need a break. <laughs> You're home too often, especially during like when COVID really kicked off March a year a year ago, right? Um, so we found out that I wasn't going to be back on campus from March until like the moratorium let, let off. Which talking about like working with your hands and figuring things out, like I taught myself how to build ARs, you know, pistols, rifles, others. And I also got in reloading, so I make precision ammunition that, like, the guns that I own are well dialed in. So, yeah. Uh, so there's that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, as far as concerns in the, in the next five years, you know, I've got, I'll have some decisions to make if the Army don't make them for me. That's like, am I going to retire or is the Army telling me it's probably time for me to retire? I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm set on the army side. It's more of like what the family's going to want to do um, and, and figure that out, but still in it to win it. <laughs> Dude, you are, you are amazing. You know, that it is so awesome to hear your story. You know, when I met you, you know, you were just a, 
you know, fresh-faced guy that was looking forward to learning, and you were always laughing and always just jovial, and you made everybody around you feel comfortable, and I, I enjoyed being around you for sure. Yeah. My sergeant major's off in the background over here shaking his head. He agrees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, look, look, so, you know, as I look back on the times and all the people that I've been around, and as I do these interviews and talk to folks, look, we're all where we're at for a reason. Uh, it all works together. It's never just you, right? You're not, I'm not some superstar. You're not. You're just a dude that showed up and you're happy. And so it just works and you're smart. Okay. Uh, and I love that. I love that. So, you know, tell me about the biggest deer you ever killed. Uh, I was at Fort Benning in 2013. Um, so I did a lot of time in the training areas at Fort Benning whenever I was a company commander there, but never had connected with a buck with my two years being assigned at Benning. And, uh, well, the two years, well, so I left in 2010. I went back to like my old stomping grounds where I knew the bucks were and it just worked out. It's, uh, the, I think he's still on the Facebook page of Benning. You just got to throw through, scroll through their pictures. The guy at the check station, it's a mandatory check weekend. He said, this is the biggest eight point Benning's ever produced. And he scored almost 140 inches. Um, oh. and when I shot him, he fell right underneath my tree, like literally five paces from the tree I was sitting in. Um, but he is a, he's a stud very typical, very symmetrical eight point. Just scored almost 140 inches. I think he's like 39 and some, a quarter or something. I still got the sheet for him, but yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. But I can tell you about the biggest deer I missed. <laughs> I don't want to hear about that. Oh, I don't he's want to hear about that. And it's here at Campbell, so maybe I can catch up with one of his uh, offspring this fall. Amen. 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 <laughs> All right, so. So it's an opening day. What what caliber weapon are you taking with you to go sit in the tree stand? So here, um, bow, muzzleloader, and shotgun are the only three you can hunt on with on Fort Campbell. There's no centerfire rifle. So and it's just to me, it makes more sense to like go early and max capacity. So I'm gonna take my muzzleloader, um, and not chance it with a bow. I like the challenge with a bow, but I'm saving that until they open up the containment areas, which is a new development. Um, that they've done over the last couple of years. And it's an earn a buck here in the containment area. So you come in and shoot some does, you know, and uh, this, so that's, that's what I'm, that's my plan. Now the training plan's a little different. So we're wrapped up from one to 21 November in the field. Um, well, field exercise, so that'll be hard because that's like peak of the rut. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I, th I thought you were a better planner than that. I don't get to dictate the brigade's training plan. So. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We got to look into the reg. We can we can manipulate it a little bit. Talk to Sergeant Major. He knows how. <laughs> yeah, I will. So so look. Uh, so if you had to go back and live a year again, just uh, you know to do it again because it was so awesome, or but maybe because you messed up something. I don't know where where you going. What year are you going to? Uh. The year that I would redo, I don't know. I've probably got a couple on both spectrums, right? The great years, the not so great years. We'll go with a great year that I would redo. Um, it'd probably be 2012, like fall of 12 through July of 13, that section. That was awesome. That was like 
work, I work for the stellar team. We got a lot of things done and uh, it worked out. Like it was like what the army could be at that moment. If that makes sense, right? Surrounded by great people, all in it to win it, fully dedicated to the mission and we were seeing results. So that probably be yeah. So, did you uh, did you notice a, a a real real professionalism in your uh, unique units that you were in? You were in some uh, you know really cool units, right? Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, hands down, like the best, of the best, and they all have like one mo, and that's get the job done. I want to be here. I want to do the work. I want to see the fruits of our labor. You know, so we didn't have any strap hangings things that slowed you down really if that makes sense so yeah if you've ever been on a team like that you it's just a different level it's just a different level yes it is all the routine tasks are simple and even the like almost impossible tasks are they're not hard or they're not simple but they get accomplished so so do do your boys like to do the things you like to do? Do y'all find common hobbies together? Oh yeah, um, my oldest loves to hunt. He he doesn't like morning hunts because he is a teenager. So, <laughs> but he does he does like to go uh, in the evenings for sure. And then my middle guy, he just killed uh, his first deer this past December. So he likes to go. I just don't know if like he's one and done yet. So he killed the uh, he killed his deer, dropped it in his tracks about eighty seven yards with the gun that I was telling you, one of the guns that I built and the round that I developed. Uh, and it's, it's a precision round for it going through a suppressor. And it literally does not, you can, the only thing you hear on that gun is the action. So yeah, um, and that's it. And uh, yeah, he smoked, he smoked his first deer in December with it, dropped it right there. I was super proud. So yeah, he, he does. There's, they, they enjoy hunting. Now my little guy, the six year old, eh, he's, He's more of like the entertainer, if you will. He is, he's not he's not all about getting out there and going yet, but I think that's coming. You know, it's just a little young for him. So yeah, that's a good question for you. Are are, are if, if I'm gonna put you on stage, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna what, what's your what, if you have to be there? What's what's your talent? Tell us what it is uh, now. Oh, talent. Uh, I could probably tell a few jokes. Um, I get motivated whenever I'm uh, in, in front of the battalion and then that task force. Like, it's a different feeling, right? It just sort of flows, right? And I'm hoping that they're receiving the way the, the passion that I'm putting out comes out. So you'd have to interview some folks that have gotten to hear some of them. <laughs> I might hook you up with the Sergeant Major. Hey, no, so I would love to talk to the Sergeant Major. I would love to do the same thing with the Sergeant Major. I want to do it with everybody, right? You guys are all heroes. It's amazing. You know, again, I look back on it. I was, I'm out of it. I've been out of it 10, 11 years now. You know, you're still, you're still running that race, dude. There'll be a point in your life you're going to turn around and you're going to like say, wow, dude, I was sprinting, man. I didn't realize it. I usually do that whenever I take leave in Mississippi. Then I'm like, why is everybody going like below the speed limit, right? And then I realize like, well, they don't have to go as fast to point to point to point that I usually do on a daily basis. So, yeah. tell me about growing up. Tell me about Both. growing up. All right. So, grew up in Mississippi. Um, dad was in the guard. He retired after 36 years in 06 um, down there. I I uh, grew up outside working 
a lot of manual labor. We had a little, about 40 acres, and then my granddad's place, over 200 and something acres. So it was always something that needed doing. Uh, went to a little, little high school, one blinking red light town, graduated with a class of about 68 folks, I think. Um, so small, small rural Mississippi. Joined the guard at 17. Uh, fixed. <laughs> well, that's, that's had no other plans, you know, so went to basic training um, summer year in high school and then came back, graduated high school and went on to AIT. Uh, so I did that in the guard until after, well, once I graduated college, or sorry, once I graduated high school, tried to, still didn't know what I wanted to do. Stayed in the guard and went to school. And then I was like, well, I don't think there's anything I want to do in Mississippi. <laughs> so uh, went and commissioned through ROTC at Southern Miss after I finally figured out what degree to get. Um, so did that, never looked back. But, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of manual labor and things outside, you know, just old country living. <laughs> when you were a kid, did you did you maybe dream about being in the army or dream about being a, a policeman or a fireman or anything like that, spaceman or anything? Yeah, yeah. I always looked up to my uncle. He's a three seven five uh, Ranger regiment guy. Uh, okay. Yeah. Met some of his friends that moved on up the, up the, up that community in different ways uh, as they'd come in, you know. For, like passing through Mississippi. So got to meet some really interesting and high speed folks. Um, so yeah, I sort of looked up to him and I think, I think we're about, we're about the same whenever he finally retired. I got some, some pad and tape to put on and then I'll have him. <laughs> so tell me about your badges. Take a few minutes and tell me about each badge and what it means uh, for yep. everybody that might not know and, yep. and what they mean to you. All right, so we'll start from the – they're not in precedent, precedent order because I'm in the 101st, right? So we'll start in the middle. So because I'm in the 101st Air Assault Division and I've been through that course, it's pretty mandatory to do it, that is the Air Assault Badge, and it's centered around operations out of a helicopter, right? So all your air assaults uh, via rope or, like, walk off the back with a low ramp on a CH-47 aircraft, like – plus some sling load and sling load ops, all that comes out of this course. Uh, then we'll go down to the next one, Pathfinder. So establishing drop zones and LZs and bringing in aircraft loads on them and having the, the, the folks inside the aircraft kick out rotary wing aircraft, kick out the bundles you need, whether it's uh, paratroopers or just door bundles or other. So that's like a LZ establishment course, lots of math, very, uh, very interesting. And if I had to rank order in, in hard, how hard they are, like that's probably number two in how hard the course is for academics. Uh, then this is the senior, senior parachutist badge, um, which hopefully I'll get to get master rated if I get that <laughs> All-American job. But I've been through the jump master course, and, um, which is noticeable by having the star only because I'm at all the gates to get there, right? So your night AJs, your safety duties, and then um, and then uh, the minimum jump requirements of each type, whether it's uh, mass stack, which wasn't a requirement where I was at in the units because it was all small insertions, but always had to be in with combat equipment. So there's that one. And this one up here is new to the Army. Um, 
and yeah, I've been deployed a lot, but I guess they don't shoot at folks all the time. <laughs> so, so this is the expert soldier badge. Um, it's similar to the EIB, except uh, there's like three tasks that are different of the 30. Um, and the physical fitness assessment at the beginning is a little different. Um, so with the Army combat fitness test, that's scaled down for this one um, to just three events instead of the normal five uh, plus a two-mile run. This is three, uh, two physical events. Um, the sled drag carry is one of them, and then the hand-release push-up, which is also new since you exited the Army. If you hadn't got an update, it's it's fun test. Um, and then it's a two-mile run for folks that aren't infantry. Um, but then you go through your lanes, uh, 10 um, tasks at patrolling, and all those tasks, they say it's a task, but there's like four subtasks that you have to do to complete the one task. Um, so 10 patrol tasks, 10 medical tasks, and then 10 weapons tasks. So Mark 19 all the way down to the new uh, Army pistol M17 um, plus hand grenades and some other AT4 type stuff. So, so, so you earned that as a lieutenant colonel, as a major, uh, as, as a, a lieutenant colonel in December. When my boss looked at me, and he's like, "John, you're doing ASP, aren't you?" And I was thinking, "Whoo, I'm 44 years old. <laughs> I, I guess, sir, absolutely." But in my mind, I was like, "I thought I was done with all these hard schools." <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> it. Was freezing in December, like 20 degree weather, like, and it's you know, it's not that like out west dry cool it's a humid freeze you to the bone cold so we did that it worked out but it was like being in the jump master course again and like the sequence there was only one jump master sequence right unless it was like hollywood or or combat equipment then your tits did a little modification it's like 30 different sequences all different times and like you're talking your way through the whole thing to like get them done so it's a lot of a lot of prep work that goes into absolutely done and so all right so i got i just gotta ask you did you no go any tasks ah, i did not Yay. i didn't single single one so if i was an infantry guy they'd call that true blue but um it's it's called straight edge whenever you get all goes down the line so i got straight edge goes at the 12 mile i think that was the fastest i'd walk the 12 mile but i had to I walked to survive. It was like freezing that morning. Icicles hanging off our helmet. Uh, but yeah, 12 miles. My fastest 12 mile ever was two hours and 12 minutes. What did uh, you do it? No, no. My fastest is usually like two hours and 50 minutes because I don't, you know, I always give myself about 10 minute buffer. This one's like two hours and 40 minutes. I got you. I got you. Me and a buddy. And I, I wasn't running, you yeah. know. Me and a buddy not. were racing. Yeah. It was fun. It was back when you're back when you can, right? Back when right. I was young, boy. Yeah, that's that's what I tell the, some of the folks around. Like, I'm not getting much younger, and I'd like to leave the army without being have to use a cane or some sort of walking device. So, because you know, it starts stacking up after a while. Yeah. Supposed to be 44 and still keeping up with the, with the young soldiers on these runs we go on. <laughs> 44 years old. That's great. That's great. Oh my gosh. So, you know, if you, if you, there's no atheists in foxholes, I don't think, you know, no. if, if you could tell me a little bit about your spirituality, I th I'd love to, to hear about what, you know, what maybe calms your fears in moments of danger or what you think about when you, you know, pray with your child. 
Right. Uh, so, one, I always want my kids to be probably more spiritual than I am because I'm not uh, – I am not – hundred percent attendance every Sunday, you know, just things happen. Right. Um, and, but I did grow up Southern Baptist. Um, and what really changed me to go into church more, right. Was having my kids. Um, so we go to the chapel here on Fort Campbell and, uh, get them in the programs like Awana, um, vacation Bible school, which they finally got to do, uh, for the first time, believe it or not, at 10 and 6 this year uh, because we were on leave in Mississippi and my sister-in-law says, hey, they're doing vacation Bible school at our church. And I was like, all right, I got two for you. So they got to do that and then um, got to do a wanna or sorry, the, the vacation Bible school here at the chapel also. Um, but to your question, um, yeah, I Every you're spot on with that assessment. There are no atheists in the foxhole, and like when times get hard, like I don't, I don't uh, hesitate to take a minute, take a knee, and say a prayer specifically about how I'm blessed to go through the trials and tribulations that I'm currently facing. And that I know I'll get through it, and I appreciate any assistance, <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, believe it or not, Cleveland, Cleveland was pretty stressful over some of that stuff, and. Uh, my, my uh, prayer count went up exponentially, probably about a hundred percent versus what it was. So, have you been in a situation where you've lost a soldier? Uh, yeah, I've uh, lost one while I was in Cleveland, not in Cleveland, but um, he was shot uh, going home um, over a weekend, so he didn't make it back. Uh, yep, so there was one there. Uh, lost a uh, just various deployments, you know, Iraq, one there, uh, one in Afghanistan on the first tour, and then weren't directly my soldiers on the second tour in Afghanistan, but lost a handful on that one. So, then, yeah, it's challenging. It's definitely challenging, um, but just doing those ceremonies right is a big, a big piece of it for me, and then, like, making the contact family as as a leader you know as one of their those soldiers leaders is super important but first off get the memorials and the and the, uh, and the dignified ceremonies complete and then later on and the rest of it so. yeah that ceremony is important it's a good great closure and if it's done properly that that's an important thing to do to honor our brothers that have fallen alongside of us uh, what, what do you think about your time in service? You know, tell me about, about your sacrifice. You know, has there been a time where, where you just was, was this, uh, uh, or a time where you were really, really, really proud, uh, to, to accomplish something? You know, is there a, maybe a low or a high that you can think of? Uh, been challenges. I don't know the super super low like personally right like losing soldiers like about below the, the, the bottom if you will like how hard it can be um but yeah there's been some stress you know got some physical ailments which are that's the personal aspect of it but uh but physical ailments but combating those until i can figure out i'll, I'll tell you like i tell some folks right? i'm still doing this because i don't know what i want to be in life you know 
<laughs> so, so when this works, I enjoy it. And I guess I'm doing okay at it, so I stay. Um, and, and the folks that that I get to interact with, like you can tell, a lot of them need to be talked like and taught, right? Talked to and taught, you know. So um, building that next generation. So uh, as far as uh, low low points, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, probably. The, one, I guess, first deployment, getting a divorce, you know, back all those years ago was pretty rough. Um, but that too passed, you know, well, that's usually how I take it one day at a time. And this is going to pass also. Amen. So it just, and it doesn't, you know, my family's not stressed out even during deployments these days. So they're, they're doing good. Are you a clothing guy? Do you like like to dress up and wear clothes? Or are you a blue jean and t-shirt and uh, you know? Or right now I'm a t-shirt, cargo shorts, flip flops kind of guy because because of the weather. Um, so yeah, but I uh, whenever there's a, a function, right? I do put on a collared shirt, and either some nice dress slacks and what I call my uh, dress flip flops. <laughs> I got I got some dress flip flops with a bottle open on the bottom. <laughs> there you go. I had a I had a set of those a couple of years ago. I know the ones you're talking about. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that Ranger tab. All right. So the story behind that is I was on a mid assignment um, in 2007, right? So my branch manager told me before I left. She said, "Hey, when you get to six months, call." tell me where you want to go you're going to get your assignment of choice and i was like all right i'll do it so i called her at six months in from the set phone she's like well, where do you want to go and i said 375 you know trying to be like my <laughs> retiree now um anyway um so she's like you're gonna have to give me a couple weeks on that and call me back so i called back and uh, she says we have no idea how but your orders went through and that's where you're going. She said, you'll see them three months into um, the career course. I was like, all right. So I finished up my tour in Iraq, uh, go to the career course in Fort Lee and finish that Ranger school in route. Uh, at three months in to the career course, I get my orders and they say 375. And the next week I get a call from the RS1 going, hey, we want you, but we don't know how you got these orders either. You know, you don't have a, a packet on our files at all. So I'd never done the RASP packet at all. And uh, they said, we want you to come. Here's what we want you to do. They said, go to Ranger School, right? We know we're already tracking you're going to Ranger School after their career course. Get your tab, take command on Fort Benning, and then we'll pull you over. So I was like, okay. So I did exactly what they said. I like graduated and then signed in a week later at uh, RTV at Benning. And uh, got my Ranger tab 60 something days later, plus the 18 day uh, holiday mandatory leave because I was a winter, winter guy, winter Ranger. And then uh, graduated late January, uh, went to Splinter Village, signed in. Like, so, well, where am I going? She's like, well, you got options. Where do you want to go? So we talked it out, and I was like, wherever I can command. So that's what I did. I went and took command and I met the brigade commander. Um, uh the same day i graduated basically and he's like he's like ranger lindsley where'd you come from i was like sir i just graduated a couple hours ago you know so that started everything right said i want to take command in the brigade he's like all right here's the guy you need to see so i was a pretty short duration captain on the 
brigade staff and was in command within a month. So um, took command and got the call. And then, uh, uh, yeah, I was 32 when I graduated uh, ranger school. But, yeah, so that's how all that came up. So tell me about company command. What what company? So, tell me all that. Bravo 347 on Sand Hill because I, the queue was going to be shorter, right? So I didn't go to the separate brigade, the third ID there. Um, the lady at Splinter Village is like, hey, here's where you'll have the best uh, bet based off Manning. So took that job and commanded for 14, 15 months and then uh, got, got a call from HRC after – the Ranger Regiment release didn't go, go through my brigade because it didn't have a backfill. Um, and I got a call from HRC. It's like, hey, what do you want to do? And I was like, supposed to go to 375. Didn't work out on my end. Or, you know, the boss is in here, but um, I know they're gone and deployed. I said, I want to go to the special ops community somehow, shape or form. And a couple of weeks later, I got a phone call back. Said, hey, I got a job for you at 10 Special Forces Group. So, so that's how I ended up in special ops after mid-assignment, which wasn't a conventional assignment either, you know. So my, cool. my conventional time ended about the last time probably that I saw you, uh, December of 2006. Oh, wow. Yeah. And pick back up again, and then the rocket side in 2014. So that's a pretty big gap to, like, try and figure out how things work on this side of the Army. <laughs> that's great. That's great. So it's so cool to see you with the – you know, with that 101st patch on, on each shoulder. It's really cool, you know. It's really cool. Tell me about the 101st Airborne Division and where it came from and what it what it is now. So, activated in the early 40s, 1940s. Um, first deployment was obviously World War II. Infamous for, like, the things that they did were passed on um, and the battles they fought in the Ardennes, you know, and Battle of the Bulge and all of those. Uh, so that's like lineage, heritage, uh, other. Um, but started out as a glider, you know, with gliders. So gliders don't really land. They just sort of control crash, you know. So gliders were a thing then. So uh, uh, had some of that and then moved into rotary wing helicopter later on. Um, have fought in every campaign, really since the since the, the 1940s mid 1940s so, um yep it's air assault uh division the only one in the world and uh got three brigades in it uh air assault light infantry brigades and then a div uh sustainment brigade a cab uh, with aviation assets and some other ancillary units um running around so some of my peers sometimes say that the army's gone soft, that the army ain't no good no more. All this, I say bullshit. I say no. They don't know the soldiers I know that are leading our soldiers today, and I know the standards ain't no different. And I know you. If that sergeant major standing there, he agrees. You know, look, we still taking care of soldiers, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. That's my big like opener for newcomers, right? Standards of discipline, like we're going to train you. And we're still, we're in line with like all the four stars across the force, you know, whether it's the people first thing, like people first isn't like time off. People first is like their med pros is up to date, their family's safe and secure, and they've got a house and meals. And, you know, and, like it's all of those, that life support piece 
for our soldiers and our married service members, you know, make sure that they're all set. But it's really like training, right? To training to survive and win, not just survive, but dominate. So training is going to be tough, um, but like it's going to save their life. So they're, they're starting to get it. The COVID moratorium had, 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 uh, had, had some minor impacts with mentalities, but it's coming around pretty quick and, and in quick order too. Tell me about some of your mentors. Who are the folks that, that you know, shaped young John Hensley? Uh, so, and I'm not, I know the audience, right, and the interviewer, right, so you, but, like, honestly, like, growing up, um, looking back at it now, it probably started with my dad, because I still call him, like, his life mentor, right, um, uh, but through my career, it has always been, like, an NCO somewhere along the career, like a Marshall, or a Macri, or a Yates, or a uh, McDaniel, um, or well, my current one. So sorry, did I lose you. Oh, we're good. So, we're good. Um, so, uh, my every every yeah, and and Fogel, right? So that most of those folks that I just mentioned, like unless they decided to retire, they made command sergeant major. So like my platoon sergeant was an E six. He's now I think he's the thirty second double AMDC command sergeant major. John Carlo Macri. I think I so. Yeah. You know him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, just listen to the NCOs. Like, don't do silly things, right? <laughs> so, that's 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 a lot of them. Uh, my last mentor retired off of active duty uh, on the officer side a few years back. Um, and uh, we met, and I was an augmentee to uh, 3rd Special Forces Group coming out of 10th and we hit it off and he was the GSB commander. And like, I still call him to this day. And he's like, John, if you don't have anybody else, like on the officer's side, like you probably need to think about it, right? You need to think about getting one. Um, the one that I had, uh, and I don't know if you'd have been in the 82nd with him at the same time, um, Greg Townsend. So he was a sitting brigade commander at uh, Fort Lee. Uh, stopped on his way back home to brag. Uh, from his brigade command job at Fort Lee to help a stranded motorist in a fatal accident where he didn't survive. So, yep, that was the last officer mentor. But I still look, listen to the smart ones around me. You know, I've always found out that if I do what my boss wants, like, life goes pretty well. <laughs> Amen, right? Amen. As long as you keep your little, you know, you get what do you call it, straight edge. As long as you keep straight edge, you'll be all right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So it works oh out, but yeah, that's it. And then like, this is the same brigade commander, like not officially my mentor here. Cause he does sort of like feed, I'm sure Eagle six, like who he thinks is who in the zoo. So he's going to help me shape on Tuesday. Like what he thinks I need to do, whether it's all American four or like head down to Florida for one jobs. I'll never beat you on, but <laughs> I'll be in Florida. <laughs> So. All right, so let me ask you just a crazy question, okay? Just okay. crazy, just crazy question, okay? So we got to take five off the list, okay? We're not going to even think about being a five-star general, okay? But <laughs> where does your career end? You know, where would you well, – I mean, would you like – like, I know General Austin, right? He was a battalion commander in 82nd. I, 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 I have a personal relationship with him like you. 
you know, he is now the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff and all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, or he's actually higher than that now, Defense Secretary. Tell me, though, about where you see yourself, maybe. There's a lot of, lot of factors go into that, right? One, am I still effective as a leader and am I still able to keep up or, like, have a decent, like, uh, sub nine minute pace if you will four mile runtime right when does that stop two is like when's the family say hey we're done and then uh three would be well I, they still need me to do it like somebody has to tell me like yeah we need you to stay for to do this job so is that the, i mean you think about it yeah i'm 44 right now like if you do some math like it ain't gonna be long and i'll be 50 and still going like but i don't I don't know how many folks are going to be able to <laughs> how fast I'll be at 50. I might still be pretty smart and keep it all together mentally, but like, I still like to be out front from an elite. So I'm 53. Right. I do a 5k every Tuesday uh-huh. at sub nine minute miles. Yeah. So uh, you can do it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you sent a uh, centurion jumper, right? Like 100, 100 jumps, yeah. 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 I was good at keeping my feet and knees together. Yeah. Don't don't drop that credit card out to your knees. <laughs> right. so, so one of the things I've been doing is getting uh, getting my person that I interview to call their unit to attention, uh-huh. and salute, and sign out. Yeah. You know? Can I get you to do that for me before? But I got to caution you. If you do it, all the people around you are liable to like jump up and go crazy, right? Well, the good news is, as you can see, right? Like I'm on the elevated position and over. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> two and some things. So, how loud? Do, one, how loud do you want it? Oh, I uh, just want to. I just want to hear it. That's it. That's right. it. You don't have to like, command like your whole brigade, okay? <laughs> Yeah, do you want it like do you want it like my battalion standing in front of me or just just yeah. Hey I would tell you what would be really cool if all of a sudden everybody got out of their Humvees and there was a flash mob da- flash dance and the, the music started. Uh I would love to say that that would go well, but right now after me having to come in on Sunday to fix some stuff, like with a couple of 06s running around on this site, that probably wouldn't go real well. But like, I'll give you a good battalion attention. So. Oh, no, I want to hear it. All right. Battalion attention. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun to catch up. I'm such a fan of you, sir. You are awesome. You have that infectious smile, a great laugh. I'm so proud of you and your family. You're a great American, a hero I know, and you make me proud, man. Hey, I appreciate it. And keep me in mind on about the 6th, 7th of September. If you want to shoot doves, shoot me a note. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, sir. Right. Love you. Love you too, man. Have a good one.